0: Hey, welcome to the Default Alive podcast. I'm Corey, and I'm Chris, and this is our audio documentary of our journeys building profitable internet businesses. And so, if this is your first time listening, you can learn more about us and get up to speed by starting at episode number one. But if you're regular, welcome back. Hello, hello. What's up? How's it going?
1: Pretty good. How are you doing?
0: good actually yeah uh woke up pretty refreshed and had a good weekend and um yeah feeling good i don't i don't even remember what we did this last weekend that much but it was like really slow i think that was the whole point
1: Mm. so (laughs) coming back feeling pretty good nice yeah we had our first uh well my wife's first mother's day which was pretty fun that's
0: right yeah yeah yeah. that's awesome yeah so was cool Congrats! Father's Day coming up soon. I know. First. crazy, <laughs> pretty nuts, yeah. pretty nuts. Well, yeah, it's been a, a good week. I managed to stay away from work most of the weekend. Um, I will say, I think part of it too has been I've been like getting sucked down this crypto DeFi rabbit hole. Oh no <laughs> <So> way! <laughs> it's been a little bit easy. Like it's been like a huge distraction. Um, not necessarily a bad way, but like over the weekend, I just
1: like binged basically. So I think that actually helped like kind of disconnect from work, which is kind of funny. That is funny. Were you all in on the, uh, Saturday night live Elon Musk?
0: Oh yeah. Yep. <laughs> yeah. You betcha. I watched live. I knew it was going to happen too. So I don't know if you followed or if you watched, but basically as soon as it went live, it just like started crashing massively and, oh my you know, gosh. Went down by like 50%. And, um, it makes sense because and I sort of expected it to happen. I even bought a little bit more after, uh, you know, during like the lowest part of the dip. But it makes sense because a lot of people were thinking that it was going to, it was going to go up while it was on SNL. But the reality is that there was even more people, or just as many people, thinking it's probably going to go up during SNL. So I'm going to sell right before SNL. Uh... Live. And so then it created like all these people selling it off, and uh, and that actually was you know. It was actually crashing, so it's kind of funny, but super, super entertaining. I loved it. That's wild. Yeah. Did you watch the SNL?
1: Life? No, I didn't. Have uh, no. I'm still mostly staying out of the crypto, uh, DeFi that stuff. <laughs> Resisting. <laughs> Probably totally missing out, but uh, you know, I saw.
0: Um, You'll come to the dark side eventually.
1: There, there was like an interesting tweet from. Mark Cuban saying that he thinks I can't remember exactly what it was, but like DeFi or something, some crypto thing was going to basically replace SaaS, hmm. which was an interesting take. Um, I wonder what he means by that. Uh, I I, th- I think the idea was like like SaaS is basically all about these you know centralized product services uh, oh. versus his take was the future is going to be people want to own their data. Um, you know, the basically, I don't know if it's like host your own service or, or what exactly. But uh, again, I haven't gone down the rabbit hole.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Like decentralized hosting or something like that. Mm-hmm. Like an AWS killer replacement kind of thing. Hmm. I could maybe see that. That's a pretty, yeah, that's a pretty uh, forward looking statement. I've just been kind of, I think actually it's funny because, uh, you know, I had been following Bitcoin and Ethereum for a long time for a couple of years, and then um, like was in, and then like got out a couple of years ago, and then like came back in like fall of last year, um, and then started playing around with Dogecoin early in the year, and then that actually has been like the catalyst to like this rabbit hole going down into all these other things. And now I'm like way down into DeFi, and um, but uh, yeah. Anyways, the SNL was really funny. It was um, I would say actually just watch like the YouTube recap mm-hmm. of all of Elon's parts because there was like the only parts that I really wanted to watch. The rest of it was kind of garbage. It wasn't <laughs> wasn't great. Um, it was kind of boring. In fact, my wife walked out like halfway through. She was <laughs> like, I can't do any more of this. It's just like too much. Elon's parts were really funny in his like little parts and in in skits that he was in. And then there was one, Oh, well, I guess he was in it, but, uh, there, there's like this like regular, um, character that Pete Davidson has called Chad and his, it's like a Chad sort of skit, but with Elon Musk, like directing a mission on Mars. And that one was by far the funniest. Mm-hmm. Like, if you just watch that one, that's, that's the one that's worth it. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. yeah that one's amazing. Nice. But, uh, yeah. So anyways, that was a huge distraction <laughs> in a good way. I
1: think actually. Yeah. How was the rest of your week?
0: Um, good. Yeah. I think, gosh, I always struggle to just like look back and remember the way I did the last <laughs> week. Know. Um, I ended up not, uh, not getting connected with my VA until today. I was expecting that last Thursday, but then took a couple extra days to kind of get matched and stuff. Um, and so I think I was doing, yeah, just like a decent amount of consulting for savvy Cow. And then, uh, Oh, actually no. I, okay. So my, my items for last week, <laughs> now it's coming back to me were um, the Twitter growth challenge. And, um, let's see, I didn't even have them written down here, but now I'm remembering, um, the swipe files brain, like the curated swipe files that I have. And then, uh, the Orb framework, finally publishing that, um, And so I managed to do all the things, which felt good and maybe also helped me just kind of toward the weekend. Like (laughs) I was talking about was hard. In fact, I think I thought about that on a Friday. I was like, no, you are not going to work this weekend. (laughs) you are going to break the cycle because we just talked about it. And I want to feel like an idiot having worked over the weekend again and, uh, and then having to talk about it publicly. So it's that accountability function. Nice. But, um, yeah, so, uh, launched the Twitter growth challenge, which was, which was fun. And sort of, um, you know, I guess it kicked off like the last time that we talked, but I hadn't really like done anything. So I published the first couple of threads. Uh, a lot of other members have started publishing the first threads. Um, quite a few people, I mean, it's still like very engaged. Quite a few people are seeing a good amount of success. Kind of makes me proud, but, uh, there's a couple of people who have gained a few thousand followers and a lot of people are just like kind of excited about it and, um, getting into a groove. I still have yet to get into a groove, but I've been publishing really often and, uh, working on a few threads. And, uh, so, and I've gained about 500 followers ish. My wife was teasing me because she was like, Oh, are all your followers just like the, the, the follow chain that you set up from all the I was Like, no, 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 <laughs> that was only a hundred people and 500 <laughs> people have followed me. So it's definitely not a follow chain. Yeah. And, uh, but anyways, yeah. So Twitter growth challenge has been going good. Um, I published the, the orb framework, uh, little article on swipe files and that was really well received and, um, finally got that out the door. That was one of those that was just like sitting. I had like a few edits I need to make, uh, part of the compound writing group that I'm a part of and people gave some like amazing feedback, but it was like too much, to like process all at once. So it like scared me because mm. I was like, Oh, I'm going to have to like these big changes. So I ended up like breaking it up kind of into two from what it was before when I published the newsletter. Um, but I think it's a lot better for it. And they had a lot of really constructive, uh, feedback and criticism. And so managed to get that out the door finally. And then since then I've been working on the swipe files brain. So basically just having like a, a curated swipe file where anyone can come in and, just like grab ideas, examples, add to their own swipe file, and it's all curated by me. And so I've been building that out with Webflow and Airtable and JetBoost. And so I managed to connect all of the Airtable stuff. It needs to be cleaned up, but that's mostly connected. Designed most of the pages look kind of rough in Webflow. Now I'm connecting them with JetBoost. And I was just bugging you right before this <laughs> about some things that I'm working through. But um, it's coming along. That's been on my list like forever. And, uh, I'm really, really stoked to finally have that out and done because once I do, it'll be a system where I can just constantly add an update to it and, um, it'll become a really, really valuable resource. Um, that I think will be kind of a, hopefully a good selling point for swipe files and something that I can launch maybe independently on product hunt again. So nice. Um, getting pretty excited about it.
1: What, uh, what, what was the decision you made to use uh, Airtable? Uh, is basically the,
0: the thing I'm looking for is a way to easily like curate the swipe file without manually adding things directly into Webflow, because that would just like kill my productivity and workflow to just like, Oh, I'm looking at random things on Twitter. And then like, I've come across a really cool screenshot of an email and I want to save that, but I don't want to like. Have it go to somewhere separate and then like it get lost in the shuffle and mm-hmm. then like I can never find it again. I want it to go directly into Webflow essentially. And so Airtable has like this little web clipper that allows me to send things into the table really easily. And then using Power Importer, I can sync it with Webflow so that I also don't have to like manually update or upload things into Webflow. It'll just automatically be fed right from Airtable. So. That's Um, right. I I forgot about
1: the, uh, the Airtable web clipper and that you wanted to use that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think also I still need to experiment fully, but I think I can also push things in via Evernote as well. Um, which I can do for my phone. So I'm planning using, I don't know. We'll see. I still have to do like more kind of, um, robust testing between Evernote and Airtable's native web clipper but I'm pretty sure that I can send things in. Cause right now basically the web clipper only works on desktop, but I find a lot of things on my phone too. And so I want to, you know, not miss out on all those things that I randomly stumble across.
1: Yeah. It seems like it'd be a, a super, maybe you can talk a uh, power importer into doing a case study. Cause that seems like it'd be really interesting for, for both them and for swipe files. I don't know anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent specifically using Airtable like that, but that makes a lot of sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, quite a few people have shared their um, their swipe file in Airtable, like that's how they personally do it. Uh, and it was kind of serendipitous, you know, that uh, he was working on this like Airtable Webflow connector, uh, and it was able to work pretty well. Um, so I'm pretty hopeful because I think I, di- I didn't I didn't want to just like provide access to the Airtable table right. to use swipe House members, like that's kind of janky and like. But if it's in webflow, then it, I can use Jetboost search and filters and pagination and, um, and then it feels like a more premium experience to where you're like buying access to it. And, uh, I think that'll go a lot better and be a lot more useful too, because it's just a page you can go to. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that one. And, um, so this week working on onboarding the, the VA, which is exciting. And, um, and then I've also I, last week I put out a feeler for, uh, what I'm calling a marketing bootcamp. Did I talk about this last week? Mm,
1: I think you, you might've mentioned yeah, it. I yeah.
0: Okay. I think I mentioned it.
1: It's sort of the precursor to the cohort course, right?
0: Yeah, exactly. With uh, Maven, which is West cows and Goggins startup. Um, and so I put out a feeler and got a pretty good response. I think already i'm gonna like slightly pivot the messaging and structure ish uh like a lot more people responded to like learning marketing from first principles through like practice rather than like a here's like a framework for creating a marketing plan which is originally what i was thinking i think they'll both like coincide and they'll both be like a part of the course but anyways um i was supposed to get 100 by saturday and i got 50. And then I submitted the results and there were, she was like, Hey, I think you're really on. It's just something like, you know, I told her about how I was sort of pivoting the messaging a little bit. And, um, so I have another week to get another 50. And I think if I get close to that, then I'll be sort of accepted Okay. (laughs) it's very, um, it's a very exclusive program. So, um, another week of me promoting the boot camp and seeing people interested. So I'll link to it in the show notes, but if you're interested. Let me know, and um, but I'm pretty excited about. It. I really want to do something like that. I've always wanted to have a kind of, like you said, like a fellowship, live learn marketing um, from scratch kind of idea, uh, where it's really like interactive. And there's lots of tools these days, like um, slides of friends, and uh, like all these like you know icebreaker video and like all these really interactive ways that you can um, you can kind of like do stuff together now through cohorts and through courses. So. Uh, I'm pretty stoked about it. Cool.
1: Is it, is it, you need like 50 e- or a hundred emails or is yeah. there any like other commitment from people, you know, prepay or anything like that?
0: No, it's just emails. Yeah. Um, I think the thing that's mainly turning a lot of people away is having the price on there right now, which is still like TBD, hmm. but for it being, you know, a court based course is going to be a higher sticker price. And so right now the current price I've been advertising is four ninety nine plus ninety nine a year, as like with the swipe Files membership. And so I think that's the main, the main thing that's kind of pushing people away. So I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to kind of like restructure, the reform form that I created with uh, Peter Sims startup, and uh, and kind of like skip that, not skip it, but like. It's like a really prominent, like here's a sticker price, but like have that be even like under the form, just so it's a little bit friendlier to get people in the door. Cause really like the price is TBD and I don't want that to be like the main thing pushing people away. It's more just to like gather interest in it.
1: Yeah. Was the price something you added or, or that they like wanted you to add? Yeah.
0: Maven wants you to add okay. it. They basically yeah. say like, you know, you have to be like upfront about yeah. what to expect. Uh, and they want to see like, obviously if you just didn't put any sticker price on there. Or if you put like a hundred dollars, then you'd get a lot more responses, but they, um, they want you to actually show like what you would actually charge and see like what the interest is for that. So, um, cool. I, which I totally get and understand, but I think that the way that I sort of presented,
1: it was probably a little bit too like in your face. Hmm. I mean, Hey, if you got 50 people interested with a very upfront, like here, $500 price point, that's uh, that's a nice 25 K right there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Not so bad. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, that, that is assuming if, obviously that, yeah,
0: that's if all 50, you know, were to, were to go through it. Yeah. Um, I think they said that the average is like 25%. Okay. Conversion rate is like a good conversion rate from like interest to even that would, you know, surprise me. It could be as low as like 10%. So a hundred is a good benchmark to get to, to really validate like, okay, if there was, only 10 people it would still be worth it and it would still like function as a cohort whereas i think if you do any less than that then it doesn't really make sense
1: Mm yeah nice yeah sounds like that's me what about you yeah uh it was a it was a strange week for me it was the calmest week in a long time for for me (laughs) Uh, in a good way or a bad way? It, in in a good way, uh, hmm. he was kind of like, "Wow, things are like starting to run a little bit smoother." There were there were no major fires to put out last week. Uh, I ended up taking m- sort of impromptu most of Friday off, uh, just for some family time, and it was like, "Hey, this is awesome. like this is pretty cool." This whole, uh, you know. Uh, lifestyle business thing, like actually, <laughs> actually might improve my lifestyle at some point. Um,
0: right. Right.
1: Yeah. So that was, I don't know. It was kind of nice. It was weird. Like I, I, I was reflecting on the week, uh, earlier today and I, I like almost don't know what to think about it because I'm so not used to that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, that's awesome. Yeah. I mean, that feels like achievement unlocked you know yeah even just to be able to feel that way
1: yeah i know uh of of course sunday night rolled around and then i started thinking like i must be way behind on everything because you know i i wasn't feeling the the constant pressure that i'm normally feeling so it, it sort of all came back to me at once but yeah i don't know i i'm not i just like my brain it's really hard for me to slow down and uh So when i am able to do that it feels very unnatural i think Mm. yeah yeah
0: yeah i mean the last what like year and a half plus it's kind of just been like go 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 mode and startup mode and yeah really in the thick of it so uh i get it i feel like i'm in that too obviously right now yeah just kind of being i was actually i was talking with my mom yesterday for mother's day she's asking me because the last time that we talked you know i was like oh the last few months have been like kind of crazy and just been scary and overwhelming and fun all at the same time and so she's like how things going and i was like oh actually the last month has been like a little bit more low-key but it's still like the pressure's on you know not really in a place where i can like coast yet so not coast but you know mm-hmm. uh feel like i'm reaping the benefits of a lifestyle
1: business right like Yeah. Sometimes it's, it's, you look at the opportunity cost. you look at how much time you're spending and you think, you know, (laughs) lifestyle wise, is this the right decision? Um, but the hope is to eventually make it out to the other side and and have that be the case.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Well, you found the light, man. (laughs) At at least for one week in the tunnel. Yeah. Right. (laughs) But yeah, I did, uh, did get a few things done. Um, a few long overdue things actually I guess that's uh, one of the benefits of having a slower week was um, so've I've mentioned before how uh, Nelson from the you know who works at webflow has has the pixel Geek community he put together a bunch of videos uh, video walkthroughs for jetBoost and so I finally got those up on the jetBoost website um, still in the process of adding them into, the Jetboost app itself so that when someone goes to uh, set up one of the Jetboost products, they can quickly access the the help videos as well. I'm really excited about that because I mean all all throughout, you know, the last year I've had people ask for video walkthroughs and uh there are just some people who like just wanna rather than go through the step-by-step jet boost process like they first want to watch a video and see how it's done and I totally get that. Um, everyone learns differently and so I've never had the skill set to be able to create those but um, being able to, to find someone that does and now actually get those live on the website, have a whole section created for them and uh, you know setting those up so that we can add more as we go along. Uh, really excited about that. And I'm basically just yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, pretty much just copying the Webflow University and <laughs> how they've laid everything out. So <laughs> always nice to to have um, something to work off of like that. Yeah,
0: not a bad model. Not not a bad thing to uh, yeah to, to emulate.
1: Yeah, I think the the tricky thing is um, so we've got the videos, which is great. And w- the other thing I think the Webflow University does really well is with each video they also have. Uh, like text instruction below the video. So it's like basically the entire video transcribed, uh, not word for word, but sort of the gist of it. Uh, And then also with like inline images and GIFs and all of that. And so I think that content will take a little bit longer to put together. Um, Originally, I thought I would do it myself. And I don't know that (laughs) I don't know that uh, that's the right move. So I'm probably going to try and find someone to do that.
0: Yeah, I, w- I would say so. Actually, I wonder if... Um, hmm, probably not going to be able to remember right now. Uh, maybe I can find it quickly while we're chatting. But um, I think Kaylee Moore, uh, she's like a um, freelancer slash founder slash writer. Um, and I think she's working on something called like Content Remix or... Gosh darn it, what's it called? I was just looking at it again today, but basically they like take a blog post or a video, or not, sorry, no, a podcast or a video, and then like turn it into an article or blog post. Mm. I don't know if that's necessarily the same thing, or if you could just work out of like a transcription and then have Nelson or someone else kind of like convert that. But I bet you there's someone or something that could, that could do that.
1: Yeah, that would be pretty interesting. Because even someone that doesn't know Webflow or Jetboost, I think using the videos would be able to hopefully write the the gist of the articles. Right. Yeah. It might, uh, it might be tricky. Uh,
0: well, I not is Isn't Nelson um, work off like a script or something? Isn't that like basically kind of the outline for what would
1: be written anyways? Yeah, I think he put together his own scripts uh yeah so i might be able to talk to him and see if he would be able to share those
0: yeah yeah i agree though i think that those resources are amazing like just having the the video i often do that i'll watch the video and then i'll like instead of like going through you know because you you watch it once just to be like okay i have like a general idea of how it works Mm -hmm. and then like i see it start to finish but then like clicking pause and like you know, for every step kind of like sucks, but if you just then scroll down and go through the actual like text tutorial, um, it makes it really, really easy to, to implement. Yeah. Um, So I'm a fan of that. And personally being a user, having just recently gone through the process again, of setting up a few boosters, having the videos is like a, a game changer. It makes it way, way easier. Even just like double checking, confirming, okay, this is like what I think that it means. And I can see exactly how to do this.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, the goal is definitely to with these help more people successfully set up Jetboost on their site because there's still, I mean, huge percentage of people that, that are never, uh, or at least that don't complete the Jetboost setup. So the more people we can help, the better. Right, right. Yeah. the activation part is really key. Yeah.
0: Well, that's cool. That's fun.
1: Yeah, I was excited about that. And then the other uh, very long overdue task that I finally got done was, uh, you know, so I've uh, worked with this Webflow designer who's built a few different uh, clonable templates like job boards and uh, other content directories. And I've never actually put those anywhere on the JetBoost website. (laughs) So the only way to find them was either through the Webflow showcase or... Uh, if you went to like my webflow profile, then you can see all the, uh, the clonables through there as well. And yep. Finally got those added to the website. So now there's a, there's a templates page. And again, I'm finding like just getting this stuff out there. It's, it's motivating to want to produce more content as well. Um, nice. So it's like, okay, we have this templates page. Now it has three templates it'd be pretty sweet if it had, you know, five, six, 10, 20. <laughs> uh, right. Right. So yeah, pretty excited about that.
0: I love it. Yeah. Looking at it right now, it looks great. Yeah. and yeah, I love all of them. I have like this, um, I finally moved a few of my projects around in Webflow to create little folders. Mm-hmm. So that I have like, here's my active projects. Here's like the inactive ones. Here's the like clonables and components and all the things that I like grab from a while, or from around Webflow. And, um, and so I always find myself grabbing these little like kits and of course the uh the jetboost templates and uh but it's great to there's been a few times where I was like oh like where is that and then I'll go to jetboost and like I can't find it <laughs> yeah, so then I'll like go to webflow or I'll go to like the the external webflow search and find it that way mm-hmm. um but I love it cuz now it's right here.
1: Yeah. Yeah, long overdue for sure.
0: I just sent you um content remix uh it's contentremix.com by the way. So um it actually looks i think it's maybe like introductory pricing but she has it listed as uh episodes so it's for podcasts but maybe i don't know maybe it could work or maybe it's kind of a similar idea episodes under 45 minutes long um 7500 or 750 to a thousand words uh 350 so it's pretty affordable um and there's also i think this guy graham uh, Laughlin, what's this? McLaughlin. I think he also has something interesting. Let me see if I can pull it up here. But he's on the Twitter growth, Twitter, uh, Twitter growth challenge. Hmm. And he has a new project that he was telling me about. Let me see if I can pull that up really quick. Oh, yeah, help doc hero. But I'm not sure if that would be applicable. I'll send it to you afterwards. But I think basically his thing is like creating the screencasts for like support, but I bet you he'd also be interested in creating like the text versions of them. If that's
1: something you needed. Hmm. Yeah. I'll definitely check that out. There we go. Now you got it.
0: Super cool. Yeah. Things are moving along. It's yeah. Cranking. They're moving. I love it. Well, anything else going on in uh Jetboost Land?
1: Not really, no. Pretty pretty smooth sailing right now. Well, we have our first listener question
0: from uh, Brian Castle, founder of ZipMessage, who's the service that we're using to test <laughs> out this whole questions from podcast thing. Um you want to go over that right now? Yeah, let's do it. Thank you, Brian. Cool. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Um so I think what we'll do is I'll probably like stitch the audio in afterwards. So um the gist of his question though is basically how do you evaluate new ideas and um any like frameworks or signals or things you look for when trying to figure out what you're gonna work on? Is that am I kind of summarizing that correctly? I think
1: So yeah. Yeah, I was just curious how I okay, guess cool. both of us look at new product ideas before, you know, diving into should should I Actually pursue this thing and you know build out the product or or start working on the marketing and all of that. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll play a snippet
0: of the audio now and then we can answer it.
1: So uh, I don't know. My my question for you guys to talk about. I don't know if you you've covered this um, at all, but uh, I'm I'm always sort of fascinated with um, the de- the the decision process or the uh, evaluation process of new product ideas. You know, I, I know you're both kind of working on on stuff um, and, you know, moving into new products now, new products in the future where you could see yourself going like, like before you get into like the marketing stuff, like how do you sort of evaluate like this is a good product for me as a founder, there's an opportunity in the market and uh, evaluating potential marketing channels.
0: Do you want me to answer first or do you want to go? Uh, go for it. So quick disclaimer, I think for both of us, we are talking a little bit before, but, uh, neither of us have gone through a ton of products or ideas or like, we're no like, you know, startup gurus of like, <laughs> you know, four time yeah. exits and all that jazz. So, uh, take it all with a grain of salt, but, um, I wrote down a couple of different sort of frameworks and things for, for looking at ideas. Um, one, I, I actually really like Derek Reimer's 10 questions for teasing out market opportunities. Um, so I'll maybe try to skim through him really quickly. But he says like what successful companies are resting on their laurels, what products have gone so far at market that the broad base can no longer afford them. What successful products have critical flaws for a subset of users. And then he has like a whole bunch of these basically that you go through and it's like, um, just like these indicators and maybe what to look for. So I've always liked and appreciated that one. He actually posted that, uh, oh wow. It's like over a year ago, right before working on savvy kill, I think actually. Um, I also like uh i think maybe there were my notes from jason cohen's designing the ideal bootstrap business but um there's like a couple of things i think like in an ideal world that kind of like check the box for me um i think not being dependent on a platform is like ultimately like the best case scenario when like you are the platform instead of being dependent on the platform um it's not necessarily a bad thing there's trade-offs because obviously with a platform, you had to grow with it. And there's sort of that inbound um, uh, market and sort of marketing opportunity there with it. But I think um, in general, some things that I really look for personally are um, uh, like it just being like a large kind of growing market. Don't want to be in like a small or especially not like contracting market. Um, I think anything with a viral component, like anything that has like public, Exposure just has like a massive advantage over a lot of other products because um, your customers kind of do the marketing for you just with the way that they use the product. Uh, any product with potential for expansion revenue, I think is huge. Um, personally, I'm a fan with things with like defensible tech, just because I think with SaaS, it's like so competitive that like the, the more you can eliminate copycats and sort of competitors, the better. Um, and then of course there's like founder product fit. I was thinking, you know, so like, mm. do you have any like expertise in this area or domain or, um, opinions about how things should be done and also have you experienced the problem directly yourself? Cause then you are kind of the end user and customer and you can build a better product that way. Um, but I think on, on another angle, like speaking from experience with swipe files, like, I think that to me is like the purpose of Swipe Files is, is like a launchpad business, it's something that's like simple but has recurring revenue, it's content based, and then can ultimately unlock my time to work on other things, but like is a sustainable thing long term. Like, I never plan on selling Swipe Files, but it also, like, uh, I'm not a technical founder, right? So I can't just go and like start something up like you or Brian could. Um, so for me, like, that was like a, non-technical kind of like that, those checks checks the boxes for me personally is like recurring revenue still like high-ish ticket price uh, potential with like courses and whatnot um and obviously you know area of expertise experienced the problem myself um but i couldn't i couldn't really speak from like a SaaS experience beyond kind of speculative
1: yeah but i feel like even within swipe files you've launched or tested or, uh, or, or, looked at a number of different product ideas. That's true. Yeah, actually I hadn't, hadn't really thought about that. Um, like even deciding to do the community, that was a big one that you must have right. had some evidence to that being, you know, the, a good path to go down. Right. Right. Yeah. And maybe that
0: actually goes back to, uh, kind of Derek's 10 questions, because what I was seeing with the community was that there, it was like a growing kind of hot trend for like paid communities and just communities in general. And people were more open to it, and especially with Circle. I feel like, you know, it's kind of like this, you know, new entrant opportunity of mm-hmm. uh, I can build like a new breed of community on top of Circle. And, uh, and that most of the marketing communities out there were kind of resting on their laurels. They were free and or like side projects. So these other companies, and they weren't really moderated or curated in, in any way. And so... Uh, I didn't see any like direct, you know, competitors to swipe files at the time, basically. Um, so yeah, I guess the community was definitely one of those, uh, courses are definitely kind of part of that of like, but I don't know. I feel like it's different. I couldn't exactly put my finger on it, but as I look through ideas, like I was talking about pretty recently with, um, the core based course, the masterminds, the master classes, the workshops, they all have their trade-offs, um, but are like components inside of swipe files. So it's a little bit like I can just kind of tack it on. It's not really like SAS where it's like one product. Yeah. I don't know.
1: But yeah, I think that, I don't know. To me, it seems like the concepts are similar though.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think, um, I think stage is a big part of it too. Like when I'm looking at the core based course, the masterminds, the master classes, the workshops, I'm personally thinking like what's sustainable. What do I think that I can like really deliver on and just what are people asking for in the moment that I can like quickly kind of validate. Um, and so there's been a whole bunch, like I think I was mentioning before at the master classes. I was originally thinking like, Oh, I'll pay people or add them as an affiliate to like create content and kind of crowdsource uh, a course. But then since then I've, I've kind of like pivoted away from that because I just don't think that, I just think that would be like an uphill battle, mm-hmm. getting people to like create course material and then like getting them bought into the whole like idea, whereas doing like a summit instead and then like having the replays in the workshop archive and Swivel is much easier, and is basically still the same thing, and like helps me with my recurring revenue needs rather than like the one-time revenue needs. So things like that. Yeah. Cool. So hopefully that answers
1: on my part. I feel like I just went yeah. in a
0: zillion different directions, but it's a brain dump.
1: No, that was really good. I, I shouldn't have asked you to go first. <laughs> now I have to follow that. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Okay, so what you have to say how you think about it. Yeah, well, uh you know, one that, that you mentioned that I think is big for me is uh like founder product market fit. Uh, I know in the past products or ideas that I've worked on, if, if it wasn't a good fit for me, uh, as far as, uh, my interest in the product space or, uh, even like my technical capabilities or capabilities of, you know, being a a solo founder and, and working alone at least to start, um. I think there are. If you don't pay attention to that, uh, you can work on things that just don't make sense. Whether it's trying, like trying to build a platform product as a single person is extremely difficult, if uh, you know, yeah. not almost impossible. Um. And yeah, I've worked in. Uh, I've worked on products in other areas where, it just. It, I wasn't that interested in the space and and was because of that was never to, able to really get it that far versus I think what was very different for me with JetBoost was uh, number one, like as soon as I saw you using Webflow and then I started looking into Webflow, I was like, oh, this product is so awesome. This is so cool. I mm-hmm. haven't seen anything like this. And I just like dove headfirst in the Webflow community and, uh, and, and the Webflow product itself and like, became a legitimate user of it and um, tried to become somewhat of a power user and, and then figure out like where else I could help add value to the community. And um, so I think recognizing that, uh, at least in, in my experience, has been really helpful. Uh, and then the other big thing for me is... You know, I'm, I'm not saying anything original here. This is this is all based on, uh, you know, like Amy Hoy and, and Alex Hillman's uh, 35, thirty by five hundred course, uh, but uh, they they call it Sales Safari, which is this concept of uh, looking, basically, investigating communities and and places where people are talking about. Uh, problems that they have pains that they're having and uh you know so it, to to mention derek again uh if if you look at something like savvy cal you know i don't know if he did this or not but you if i was to go start SavvyCal today i might look at into you know where are people talking about calendly that's like the the big competitor that's the big number one uh, where, where are people complaining about where Calendly falls short? Uh, I would imagine Derek probably did some of that because he uh, was able to find great ideas as far as, you know, people find sharing their Calendly link to be a little bit awkward. And, uh, you know, he's built Savvy Calendly ways to, to minimize that. Um, so I, I think one of the, one of the, big keys of th- this process is you're going and reading uh, whether it's like on, on online forums or Reddit or, or in, in any of these communities you're reading words that, that people have written with uh, you know real frustration and pain and emotion uh, that you didn't go it's, it's different than doing a customer interview where you're trying to ask somebody you're trying to draw information out of them like no you know, it's a serious problem if someone's taking the time out of their day to go like write about it and complain about it. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, uh, you know, and and for JetBoost, it was, uh, you know, I did a little bit of that as far as looking at the Webflow forums, the wish list, other areas and seeing, uh, you know, based on my experience with, uh, with your Webflow site and, and what i built for that with, with the, uh, the job board search, I, then I just looked around, do other people have this problem? And, um, so yeah, I think that that can be a good way to evaluate ideas too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's great. The, um, the Webflow forum
0: has been a gold mine. Uh, I feel like it's one of the like prime examples of like how to do sales safari. And I didn't, I'm pretty sure Amy and Alex did like a case study on you and JetBoost, right? Didn't they?
1: Uh, yeah, we did, a little, sort of did a little newsletter, a little write up. Or, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. It's, uh, what our friend Corey Quinn says, um, or calls demonstrated demand. Yeah. I think it's a really powerful concept. Yeah. hundred percent. Cool. Well, Brian, hopefully that answers your question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try the best as we can, but uh shout out to Brian for asking, um, any other thoughts on that?
1: No, uh hopefully we we will get another message or two it's kind of fun to to see them come in so yeah
0: yeah yeah i hope there's at least one a week we can answer that'd be kind of fun but yeah um if you have a question it's zipmessage.com slash default dash alive and we'll have a link in the show notes it just says ask us a question um but is that a good place to wrap it yeah all right well, we'll have all the links in the show notes and we'll see you in the next one